the Gritty Growing Up podcast. Because mental health conversations don't have to be uncomfortable and argumentative. Gritty Growing Up is about challenging the perceptions of childhood and recognizing that whilst it isn't what it used to be, we can still make it positive. Join us as we share conversations, knowledge and strategies to help your family connect and move forward together. And welcome back to Gritty Growing Up. And this week on this podcast, I want to have a talk about ADHD. Now, many moons ago when I started my career with children, ADHD and ASD were just two words we rarely even heard of. In fact, when I started my career in the early years sector 24 years ago, most frequently children were just described as fidgety, as having ants in their pants, or in worst cases, being described as being naughty. And whilst we've learned a lot about neurodiversity over the last 24 years, Frequently in my work as a therapist and coach, I come into contact with so many children who have sat under the radar for ADHD who should have been diagnosed but were missed. So often these are those children that have ADD, so attention deficit disorder, and are just not identified because they're not naughty. They're not struggling, they're not causing lots of problems in class, their behaviour is often or not actually very good. And therefore the struggles that they have are just not identified So, so often in my work, I meet children and teenagers that are 14, 15, 16 or older who have had these symptoms their entire life. And it's just not been noticed. And one of the greatest issues that I have is for both children and adults that have ADHD or have ADD is around friendships. And so often finding those friendships really challenging to manage. Now, when someone has ADHD, they often struggle with a concept of needing visual cues in their environment to remind them of things. It's why so often parents will find themselves in a situation of constantly giving little comments, little nudges, little directives that just help their young people to remember to get things done. Sometimes those parents are actually just doing some of those things for them. So often young people will say, you know, if you give me an instruction, I just forget about it. I mean to write things down, but I just forget. And even if I do write them down, I forget to come back to them. Now, this same situation of needing visual cues in their environment to remind them of day-to-day tasks is the same situation that they have when it comes to friendships. We can so often observe young people and adults with ADHD or ADD who build intense connections with friends and a few weeks or months or even years later just vanish from their world and then build this same intense relationship with someone else. But why does it happen? Now, many will talk about ADHD brains needing excitement and stimulation, which are fundamentally true. Children with ADHD will seek out dopamine in their environment. However, the other aspect of this is a concept called person blindness. Those with ADHD pay attention to the thing that they have in front of them. If they have a friend who pays them lots of attention, who's constantly texting, interacting with them, sending them snaps, TikToks, whatever they're doing, they will focus their attention on that person who's in front of them. In this moment, that person with ADHD will almost forget the people in their wider circle who they don't see as frequently. Now, we all have circles of friends, those we see often, those we see sparingly, and those that we see irregularly. Even of those, like all of those friends, each hold a real meaning in our lives and they really do matter to us. But even as a neurotypical individual, we can be responsible for not staying in contact regularly with our friends, from becoming lazy in our interactions or just being busy and having intentions to but not following it through. Maybe you actually just know that some of your friends are better organisers, so it's just easier to leave it to them. 
But for the individual with ADHD, their attention is captivated by the friends in their immediate vicinity. And those who are out of sight are actually filed further back in their minds. So almost this person blindness means that whilst they know they've got lots of friends, they just intensely are be preoccupied with that person right in front of them. Now that problem becomes twofold. Their friends can feel that they're always trying and because they're not getting anything in return, step back, hoping to jolt this ADHD friend into action, which therefore doesn't happen and they actually feel hurt and rejected. Their friends might also feel hurt that their ADHD friend has never made, never made time for them or isn't making time for them, but can make time for these other friends, which therefore impacts the quality of the interactions that they're having. As well as this, that person with ADHD is experiencing rejection sensitivity because they take that person not being in contact with them or them having their own plans as a direct criticism of them, which impacts their self-esteem and leads them to feel that they're being rejected and therefore pull back even more. So we can quickly see how this tug of war actually ends with both teams losing. We can actually see that this impact on social relationships from this person blindness actually is much wider than just that person with ADHD. The person with ADHD isn't doing it intentionally. They can't be blamed for it. It's just a part of the way that their brain is programmed differently. It's a wonderful trait of ADHD, this ability to be able to hyper-focus means actually they can give that person 100% of their attention in that moment. But for the people that don't have ADHD who haven't been educated about person blindness, they just walk away feeling continually rejected and that they don't mean anything. Because that wasn't the intention of the ADHD friend, if this does come to a point of having a discussion about it, it can very often lead to conflict because both parties are being rejected in very different ways. So this can often escalate even more when there's romantic relationships involved. I mean, after all, who hasn't forgotten all their friends when they've fallen in love? Who just actually find it very difficult to juggle the needs of all these different people? Because actually, if one friend can meet all those needs right now, it's much easier. And it's a really difficult balance. And it causes a large amount of conflict, not even just in personal friendship relationships, but in romantic relationships. Because... If a person with ADHD is having a relationship with someone who's neurotypical, the neurotypical person might actually find they're quite happy to have evenings when they're not together, and that creates rejection sensitivity for the person with ADHD. So we can really see how complicated this can be, and our lack of awareness and knowledge around it can make this really, really challenging. Now, the other aspect of person blindness and this need for visual cues comes from things like text messages and interactions. When we receive an electronic communication, albeit a text or a snap or a Facebook message or an Instagram DM, we're offered an alert, some kind of reminder. It comes up as a notification on our screens. It tells us that we have some actions to take. When someone with ADHD receives those, they can often open the message. And if they're busy, distracted or caught up in something, they will close it and very often forget to reply. Now, it's no big issue. We've all done it, haven't we? The challenge comes where the individual with ADHD now no longer has a reminder. There's no visual cue in their environment. So once the message is open and the reminder vanishes, this can often mean that actually the messages go unanswered for days, weeks, even longer, sometimes forever. The individual with ADHD becomes annoyed that the people aren't getting in touch with them. It might, they might even raise with their friend that they're not communicating with them. And then when they scroll up, they find that actually they never replied. The friend, who may not even understand that this is a thing, in return might step back from the friendship and not follow up. They're annoyed that they're not 
being responded to, that they're being like not being respected and they're not being replied to. Even further, the person with ADHD then avoids the messages because they find the whole thing too overwhelming and they might find that actually they just can't reply to them all and end up with a phone full of messages that all sat unread. And this then creates a sense of overwhelm and because those with ADHD find it much harder to manage stress, they'll procrastinate about getting them done and then when they think of that feeling like that they've got all these things to do, they will just completely shut down and ignore it. Now, I'm sure there is a time when we have all opened our inbox and it's full of emails and we're like, oh my God, where do I even start? Like, think if you've taken a week off work and you come back and it's just like, my God, there's all these things to do. But for the person with ADHD, I want you to magnify it. They're therefore more likely to delete them, close their phone, store them in a separate folder to completely eradicate them. Because just the concept of trying to work through them just seems too much. So it's easier to just click delete all or to store them in another folder, never to be seen again, because they have the intention of coming back to them later, but it just doesn't happen. Now, when you combine this with the fact that in ADHD, we're often focused only on the present moment, those past actions often just get forgotten. They're just fleeting moments. So we just find ourselves caught in this scenario that we're just not getting things done. When we teach social relationships, even at a young age, we advocate sharing dual effort interactions. If we log onto social media, we'll see a lot of messages around if they wanted to, they would. So when it doesn't happen, those without ADHD begin to actually really lose sight of the value of a friendship because they're feeling rejected or unconsidered, especially if their messages go unopened and their friend is with other people or on social media or sharing what they're doing and they're seeing all these pictures of them doing all these things and they're not part of it. And the person with ADHD can equally feel really rejected and not understand because where they have a different way of thinking, to them this isn't an issue and it's actually quite normal. So we find ourselves at loggerheads that actually both parties are correct. Both parties are viewing this from their own feelings and both of those need to be validated. And we can't expect one person to take all the action and another person not to. So for me, it's something that I really wish that we spoke more about in school, about actually managing different types of friendships, because help falls on both sides, and both parties can support each other. If you are aware that your friend has ADHD, as a neurotypical friend, you can consider following up a text message to check if they've received it, so that they've got a new visual cue. If you're a parent, it might be actually making sure if you're sending a reminder to do something, you send it around the time that it needs to be done or you send multiple reminders. We might send invitations on paper or electronically that send reminders to support those plans. We can step back and check in to make sure that actually we've got our friend's attention before we make plans because if we don't have their attention, actually they might get missed. And we can make sure that we make one plan at a time so our friends can action them individually and prevent any overwhelm. For those who are listening to this or are parents of children who have ADHD, it's about actually supporting our young people to not open messages unless they have time to respond so that they keep the visual cue, to make a note or alert on their phone to go back and respond to a friend if they don't have time right now to maybe consider making a list of friends we want to stay in touch with to help us plan how and when we stay in touch with them so we're creating our own visual cues. It might mean that actually we need to ask someone to sit down with us and help us work through messages that need to be done or to work our way through emails. For me personally, I think it's really, for me, makes diagnosis more important. 
Because with a diagnosis and understanding, it's easier to actually explain these details to friends and give them an understanding of why, which therefore just prevents the misunderstanding on both sides. So rather than viewing it as making excuses, it allows us to just take steps to improve our understanding of ourselves as well as help others to support us and to understand us better to just prevent those conflicts that happen. It sort of makes you wonder how many young people and adults have lost a large quantity of friends because of ill-perceived or misunderstood person blindness. And something that I don't think we often enough talk about in ADHD and we very rarely actually help people to understand how to better manage. So if you take nothing away from today other than this, it's just to remember that each of us has our own way of interpreting the world. None of us are right, none of us are wrong, but we all do just need a little bit more compassion and understanding. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll be back soon with more Gritty Growing Up. In the meantime, stay safe, stay talking, and stay looking after each other. Take care. Stay safe, keep open-minded, and we'll look forward to sharing more gritty moments with you next time. If you want to up your knowledge in the meantime, head over to dandeliontraininganddevelopment.com.